we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky show. Um, yeah, right off the bat, you can tell by the sound of my voice that I've been having some serious problems with my respiratory. Um, I lost my voice completely yesterday, and I think it's just because I'm sucking the smoke of these flames of these fires, these burning forest fires. I ended up in emergency the other night and I couldn't breathe. I, I was having a really hard time getting my breath. And um, they were saying, oh, whatever you do, don't go outside. They've issued a bunch of health alerts, you know, saying, you know, if you don't have to be in your town, you should go. Um, but anyway, we're we're under kind of a health evac and uh, you're not supposed to be going outside. And when you are in your house, you're supposed to make sure all your windows are shut, which is kind of tough to do in the summer. But anyway, I'm going to struggle through this show. And the reason is, is because I want to introduce my guest because what he is doing down in Texas is amazing. And I really wanted to follow up with him as of last week. Sort of knew what he was doing last week, but now he is once again boots on the ground in Texas. Boy, the things you're not being told there. And now, of course, because it is uh, tomorrow's Friday, so we've got Irma barreling down on us. And so I really hope that you will stay tuned at the end of the program. We're going to pray for what these prognosticators, by the way, are calling could be the worst record-breaking hurricane of all time, as I read. I read somewhere today of all time. According to the National Weather Service, anyway, they say that Irma may potentially break the all-time sustained hurricane wind speed record of 190 miles per hour. Somewhere I read it was, what, Hurricane Allen back in 1980? Well, congratulations. I don't know if that's a great record to hold, but we're definitely going to be in prayer. We have a lot of listeners down in Florida. I love the people of Florida. I have so many friends that live in Central Florida, too, like right in the heartland. Dr. Ted Brower, Mark Taylor, a lot of listeners from Florida, too. So that would be wonderful if you would stand together with me at the end of the program. And we're going to pray. Boy, and speaking of answering prayers, my guest today is really out there being a blessing to so many people out in Texas in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Thank God I'm going to let Dave do most of the talking. He really needs no introduction. It is the one and only Coach Dave Dodmeyer. Welcome to the program, sir. It is a pleasure to have you back on. It's been a while. Sheila, it's always great to be with you. And even with a uh, scravelly voice, you still sound pretty daggone good. Well, I'll tell you what, when you and I are not getting thrown on right-wing watch, boy, we're always in, in the headlines, aren't we? Well, yeah, I take, that, I take that as a badge of honor, though. You know, but Somebody told me one time you can judge a man's character by looking at his enemies, and I think you're in pretty good company. Yeah, I think so, too. So now, obviously, we saw this devastation in Texas. There's so much going on there. For folks that are new to your relief efforts in Texas, Dave, walk us through what you're doing down there. Our ministry is called Past Assault, and really, I'm a, I'm a former high school football coach, for those of you who don't know, and I've been trying, Sheila, for about 17, 18 years to build a team, saying that 
the reason we're losing all these battles in the cultural war is we're just not organized at all. You look at you look at the left, God haters, I call them, George Soros's team. They're organized. I, I couldn't believe a couple weeks ago they had a rally in downtown Columbus, Ohio. That's where I'm from to remove the statue of Christopher Columbus. Yeah. They had like 150 people there, and I'm thinking, how can they possibly do that? Sheila, I could have advertised for a week and called churches, and I don't know if I could have got 100 people to an event. So it shows you how well organized they are, and they're winning just because we're, we, don't, we don't show up. We're not organized. So I started uh, this little organization, for lack of a better term, called Salt and Light Brigade. You saw the earth and light of the world. And tried to get people engaged and push them back against all this all this darkness that we see everywhere. We like I like fighting in the cultural war more than anything, abortion, homosexuality, gay marriage, all, all that. But uh, one of the things we do is what we call mercy ministry, which is hurricane relief, tornado relief. And it it's ironic that twelve years ago this weekend I was in New Orleans for Hurricane Katrina, and that was where I got my first got my feet wet, so to speak, uh, pun intended. And uh, ever since then we've gone to every major calamity in America, hurricanes, tornadoes, we've, we've been, you name it, we've been to all of them. And we saw this begin to develop about a, within a week ago now, I guess, 10 days ago, and I really fired up our guys and got a hold of uh, Chad Estes and some of our guys down in uh, in Texas, and man, we got to gear up. And so we started gearing up about 10 days ago, knowing that uh, when these type of disasters hit, it takes it takes a while, first of all, for all the water to go down, and then it takes a while for the people to get back home. And then it takes a while for them once they get home to realize that they've lost everything and maybe they don't have a job. And so we, we tried to shoot out a couple of weeks and say, what are these people going to need two weeks from now, which is into, I just flew into Austin today to get to get lay the land and see what's going on. And then beginning on the 21st, we're going to have people come in uh, over the next several weekends just to do relief exercises. In the meantime, Sheila, we're financing a, a Cajun brigade, whatever you call them, a group of guys in their boats. People don't stop and think about that. These guys who are out rescuing people are just uh, independent guys who are spending their own money. So we, we raised some money and sent some money to those guys, and they did a bunch of rescuing, rescued probably 100, 150 different people. And now they're down there still uh, cooking hot meals, passing out Bibles, giving hope, serving, doing whatever they can. So that was a, that was a long way around the corner, but that's what we try to do. We try to raise up especially Christian men and women to this our uh, chance to make uh, make Christianity great again. And so I'm down here again laying the groundwork, the logistics for what we believe is going to be a bunch of people going to come down here and try to help these folks out. Well, and I think that's so important, Dave, because boots on the ground giving people hope is a big thing because you know let's let's face it i mean you can store up all the treasures in the world but at the end of the day it's about somebody's eternal life and i was really shocked that red cross even admitting now that it doesn't know how the hurricane harvey donation money spent that's stories up over there on on zero hedge that is shocking isn't it it is shocking, but my experience, uh, Sheila, I've told everybody for about 10 years, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's just those of us who've been involved with it. And that's why we think what we're doing is so unique is because our plan is every dollar donations that we get, uh, there's no overhead. I, I run a ministry, Sheila. I've been running the ministry for, for 15 years. My salary is set. I don't make a large salary. There aren't any other employees. It's just volunteers. So the dollars that come to us, there's no overhead. We like to go down on the ground like I am today and go down and find those who are who are needy and put the money directly in the hand of a pastor or a local leader so that they can deal directly with the people that they're, they are shepherding. Now, 
you know, the average, uh, I don't want to say ministry, the average group that's working out doesn't, doesn't have the ability to be able to do that. But that's what we try to do, because we believe, number one, that the people are never more open to the gospel than they are right now. And they've lost everything, and they know they've lost everything, and they don't feel like they have any place to begin. They're open to the gospel. Some are mad at God. Some are, uh, you know, some are just completely broken. Scripture says that hope deferred maketh a heart sick. So we want to be able there to be there to help them pull out some drywall, to cut up some trees, to sweep out their houses, to carry out trash, to cook them a meat, hot meal. We're going to serve probably uh, in one weekend. We'll probably serve four thousand. That's hard to believe. Four thousand meals in several different places, and that's the funds that are coming into us. That's what we're doing with it. So we're again we're strategically getting placed now so that we know that people who want to come and join us. We're down here finding maybe a church or uh, some type of facility where people can sleep at night, where they can get a good shower, and uh, we can cook them a good meal for our volunteers. So we've got 30, minimum of 30 coming this first weekend, which will be the, the 21st, and we anticipate having more even as things begin to open up down here a little bit more. Well, it's one thing to uh, be out there praying for the people, but it's also a very other thing to actually be doing good works, isn't it? Well, faith without works is dead, right? And I... I I always tell folks that you think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Aren't you glad he did more than just pray? Yeah. Uh, three times he got up. He went by saying, anybody else going to pray? Anybody else going to help me here? And they, they didn't. And he wrestled with the Lord. And he said, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. And thank goodness, Sheila, that he's not still there praying. But he got up and he went. God so loved the world that he did something. You know, listen, prayers, God bless people who pray. We need people who pray. But we need boots on the ground. And I say that prayer is like the electric lines that I see running here in the Austin area. You don't see the power in them, but they are the power source that when you plug your your little cell phone into the socket, the phone lights up. So prayer propels action. And we pride ourselves on being boots on the ground, and we think that uh, this is a valuable, important time. As uh, the other side would say, Rahm Emanuel says, never let a crisis go to waste. We think that's true from a spiritual standpoint as well. And we want to come down here and be boots on the ground and give these people the gospel of Jesus Christ and a little bit of hope. Amen. Well, I know you just landed in Texas, and, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us while you're driving. How have your fundraising efforts been thus far, Dave? Well, we're getting a lot of lot, we've raised a lot of money, Sheila. I'm not I'm not ashamed to say, as hard as this is to believe, a little mom and pop organization like us who who have uh, tentacles that run throughout the nation. We've raised uh, over a hundred thousand dollars that wow. we're going to be able to put into the hands of the people down here. So we've already invested about $25,000, about $5,000 at a time, Sheila, if you can imagine this, to a guy who's, who's running a boat brigade. We got $5,000 to him. We got $5,000 to another guy who's setting up a feeding station where they're feeding the people who have returned to their homes and they don't have electricity. And so we're, we're taking this money and we're putting it in chunks of like $5,000 and we're divvying it out. Now, that may sound like a lot, but Sheila, that's 20 churches, $5,000 a piece. Right. That's $100,000 that's gone. And so again, we pride ourselves on the fact there's no overhead. There's nothing taken off of the top of it from our checkbook right into the hand of the pastor can do something with it. Oh, that's excellent. Well, you, like you said, you've been to a lot of these devastating events. You've seen the firsthand devastation. You've been down there, boots on the ground. What is the environment going into a place with such devastation? My experience over uh, a number of these that I've done is it's going to be absolute uh, despair. It's just going to be despair. We'll run into those who are, uh, you know, they'll have a good attitude and they'll be happy to be alive. And people say, you know, at least I didn't lose a loved one. This stuff can all be replaced. But uh, we, we find out that people's hearts are moved 
from far away from people like clear up in Canada, if you know what I'm saying, Sheila, are moved by people who've lost their stuff. We all struggle our whole lives to accumulate stuff. And we find out that when we come down here that the people who've gone through it are heartbroken because they've lost their stuff. But more than any time in their whole life, they understand it's just stuff. Well, and with the environment of the divide and conquer, us deplorables are getting out there and actually giving people <laughs> food. What a, what a concept, Dave. Yeah, you're not seeing much. You know, I'm just getting there, but I haven't seen very many of the Black Lives Matters crew down there or the <laughs> Antifa there feeding each other. So really, you know, you mentioned Right Wing Watch. It's probably, if you might do good stuff, that doesn't uh, that doesn't meet the, the paradigm that they've cut out for us. But, uh, you know, I do the broad spectrum of ministry. I know that you do. I do the prophetic. I do the, thus saith the Lord. I rebuke the homosexuals. I, I rebuke those at the abortion clinic. We reach out and try to save the babies. But we also do what, what I call the uh, the mercy ministry. And if you don't have a heart for people in an environment like this, and then you better check your pulse. But my real heart, Sheila, I like to be out in front of the abortion clinic rescuing babies. And we do, none of our money's going to this, going to that this time, but that's really what we do. We're trying to raise up men to engage in the cultural war. Now, I say men, we certainly can use warriors like you, Sheila, but I think that the problem in America is men have not stood up to be men. And so we're really crying out hard to try to see men engage for the cause of Christ. One of the first guys that I made contact with, it's funny, Sheila, I called him, Chris Keyes. He lived in the Houston area, and I've known Chris. In fact, he was one of the 11 guys who was arrested outside the abortion clinic in Louisville back on Mother's Day weekend. So I've known Chris for a while. So I called him. I knew he was in Houston, and he says, Coach, I'm in a boat. And he started telling me the story that, you know, his business, he's having some trouble with his business. And rather than sit around sucking his thumb, he went out and grabbed his truck and his boat and went to where all the water was flooded and began to rescue people. And he said, Coach, you know, it's amazing that people are rescuing me. He said, I'm running out of money. And I just received a $1,000 donation on my on my website. And I said, Chris, you're not going to believe this man. And I sent him $1,000 and they began to put more gas into those boats and feed those guys. And the stories they tell, the harrowing stories, Sheila, that after five or six days, these people still haven't been rescued. That is so hard for us to conceive of. But that, is, that in fact, is the truth. People, would, you know, they had ways maybe to get into their house and yeah, get into the, uh, into the storage and get some crackers and cookies out. But it was they had to go back up on the roof or back up on the second floor. They weren't out of it. So many, many stories like that. And uh, after, uh, we like it because we give them the gospel, right? We have Bibles and Bible tracts. And we had a situation down in Port Arthur where Chris is that, uh, after they rescue all of them, the people return home, and we set up and cooked hamburgers and hot dogs for them every night. And we had 1,500 people in the Walmart parking lot two nights ago with the PA system set up and the gospel of Jesus barreling out over over that PA system. So never let never let a, uh, a tragedy go to waste. Well, praise the Lord! Wow, in the in the Walmart parking lot. Well, Jesus fed the crowds, right? Well, Dave, what is your thoughts on? FEMA, because we're already hearing there's quite a few stories. Now, I know just today, Trump said churches should get FEMA funds for hurricane relief. We know that, of course, Texas churches are suing FEMA for disaster relief after Harvey. You know, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, I've talked about them a lot. You know, FEMA camps. Yeah, that FEMA. I mean, that's a really double-edged sword for churches, isn't it? Well, it is, and I'm sure that's all tied to that lie of the separation between the church and the state. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure FEMA monitors your show, so I'll say this uh, <laughs> with some trepidation. Uh, they've been an enemy to everything we've ever tried to do, Sheila. When, when, when we came down, volunteers on the ground, FEMA has been a headache to us. 
they want to know about permits. Do you have a permit to do this and permit to do that? And we say, listen, dude, we're just we're just here putting hamburgers and hot dogs in people's bellies. We're pulling out drywall. <laughs> We're pulling up carpet. We're just here to help people. But they've been a they've been a stumbling block to us. And you know, it's that beast of government that that same. You and I understand spiritual issues. The average person doesn't understand it. But the, that strong spirit of Leviathan that wants to control everything is really, really deeply rooted in in all of FEMA and FEMA's activities. Well, speaking of these types of cabals, you know, we saw what happened in Haiti. We saw what happened with these various foundations. I'll just leave it at that. And we see what happens with these other organizations, Dave. But here's my question. You know, the Bible specifically tells us that we are to feed the hungry, clothe the poor, help the orphans, help the widows. What are these guys doing with all the resources? Red Cross doesn't even know where their stuff's going. Look at these pie charts. And it turns out that 175th of it actually goes to help the people. And the rest just goes in the, the pockets of these these mega million dollar salaries, same with these mega millionaire prosperity pastors. Like, what are they doing with their resources, Dave? And it's no wonder Christians get very suspicious when people ask for money. So I was having that conversation with my wife the other day, and I don't mind somebody uh, getting a, a workman's worthy of his wages. I don't mind that. See, that's why I respect it. Two things that we talk about when people ask us about donations. I said, first of all, I would never give a penny to the Red Cross. That's just me. I would never give a penny to them because I've seen really what they do. We know what they did in Haiti and how much money was, was mishandled out there. Yeah. Second one is the Salvation Army. And here's my issue with the Salvation Army. I'll give to them locally and the little bell ringers and all that because they do good stuff. But William Booth, when he started the Salvation Army, he called them the Salvation Army for a reason. It was about salvation. And now the Salvation Army, is they've gone more into mercy ministry and more and more into disaster relief. They've, be, they've received a lot of government money, Sheila, so they're not, they don't offer the gospel of Jesus anymore. We used to follow them around 10 years ago in Columbus, Ohio, when they would go to the uh, open shelter to deliver food to the, the homeless guys. We would follow around in another van, and then we would get out and share the gospel because the, the Salvation Army wasn't able to do that. So, so if you want the gospel shared and you want to you know, take care of the physical needs and the spiritual needs, then I would say to look to a smaller ministry or church-related ministry, uh, bureaucracy, man, actually, we know how it works. Everybody wants to get their fingers into the pie, and uh, the temptations are great when a lot of money like that begins, begins to, to come rolling in. So that's why I say you stay with the smaller ministries. I think you get right to the heart of where people are. Absolutely. Well, in the, the Salvation Army, let's face it, when William Booth and Catherine Booth started it, it was really kind of a quasi military slash Protestant Christian church charitable organization. Yes, it was. In fact, when I was a kid, my, uh, sitting around my family, my, my dad always used to, my dad played a guitar, and he used to play the Salvation Army song. <laughs> Salvation Army, Salvation Army, put a nickel on the drum, save another drunken bum. Remember that, Sheila? I don't know <laughs> if you knew that song or not, but that's what they were. They were a Salvation Army. I mean, they went out and they hit the streets, and they went out to try to save these drunken bums, and now... We just feed those drunken bums. I'm not making fun of anybody at the Salvation Army because those guys work for pennies. I mean, the, they don't pay big salaries to their, to their majors and to their colonels. They pay them very modest salaries. But unfortunately, they're not as gospel-oriented as what they once were. Now, maybe the local ones are. There's a local Salvation Army in your neighborhood, in your town. They may be very gospel-oriented. They may take in the homeless. But they're not gospel-oriented the way that uh, you and I are, Sheila. And uh, I just think that uh, that they've watered, what they do preach, they've watered it down a little bit. 
Now, what is your next uh, couple days this week looking like, Dave? To let the people know what you're doing down there right now. Well, we're going to get in uh, as soon as I get to my friend Chad. Chad Chad Estes, who's run the Salt and Light Brigade here in Texas. We're going to get up in the morning. We're going to drive to uh, Rockport, which is almost ground zero. I've got a crew from Ohio who's already he's driving there even as I speak. We're going to meet him down there and begin to assess the situation. We're going to look for uh, several locations for our guys to be able to sleep. And when somebody gets a hold of us and says, hey, coach, we want to go help, we want to have a place already set up where they can shower and be safe and, and warm and all that. So we're going to do some logistics there. i got another uh, another guy, Dale Asocia, who's working with Ray Gano. I think you know Ray. Ray Ray's uh, connected with Ray. He's in Houston, and they're doing the same thing over in the Houston area. So when we get done after this weekend, we want to have uh, set up two, three, maybe even four different locations where we can put boots on the ground, and we can uh, offer relief, drywall, carpet, small uh, mechanical repair, stuff like that, and food. And so uh, it takes a little bit of planning for us to be able to do it. But as I said, we began this about 10 days ago, and my old co uh, coaching philosophy was failure to plan and planning to fail. So we think we're ahead of a lot of groups because we've done this before. Well, and Dave, tell the new listeners, and, and I have a lot of new listeners this last bit since you've been on the program, Tell them why the ACLU came after you. We got, I got sued by the American Civil Liberties Union for having prayer with our football team. And I went through a two-year fight with them for my God-given right to be able to pray. And uh, at the conclusion of that battle, I, they offered us an out-of-court settlement. I did not lose my job, but I laid down my job after my last season. My wife and I started Pass Assault Ministries. And uh, we've, been doing, we've been doing this for 17 years. Going down, as I said, I've done a lot of crazy things, but a lot of good things. And we've always honored the Lord in everything that we've done. Well, and I know you're a humble guy, Dave, but just talk about a little bit of the significant work that Pass Assault has done, the Salt and Light Brigade. I mean, hey, abortion clinics beware, Dave. Well, Sheila, we were we were actively involved with uh, a big thing that's going on right now is Governor Matt Bevin down in Kentucky. Uh, there's only one abortion clinic left in the entire state of Kentucky, and uh, Governor Bevin ordered that thing closed, but of course some terrorist in a black robe stepped in and said they couldn't. So there's a hearing going on right now over trying to close out a clinic. And I've got some friends down there outside the courthouse that are, that are fighting on that front. I've started, as I said, the Salt and Light Brigade. We're heading up to Wisconsin where we're going to do a boot camp where we're going to train, raise up men and train men. Our vision is to see, it's like the old civil defense when I was a kid here in, in, in Ohio. Local guys who got together who were worried about the Russians bombing us. The Russians, there we go again, huh? <laughs> worried about the Russians. And they, they, they were the civil defense. They protected their communities. And I think that we're trying to model that after the Christian civil defense. That Christian men will stand up and honor God and defend the Lord and fight for truth and justice in, in their schools. So we spend a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. And as I said, rescuing babies and just trying to awaken the church to come out from hiding. Come out, come out wherever you are and let's, let's engage in this battle for truth, justice in the American way. Amen. Well, you know what's kind of sad to me, Dave, is... You know, when the homosexuals have an issue, boy, they'll be all over something like a swarm of mad locusts and raise whatever kind of legal fund or whatever money. And Christian people just aren't. I mean, it's just a sad fact, isn't it, that Christians, they're very passive and, and apathetic. Yes. Two reasons. Number one, we got rapture fever. They don't think it's going to make any difference. So they sit around and say, well, you know, the rapture's coming. We're out of here. Why? What the Bible says is going to happen, coach. Why are you fighting against it? So we get a lot of that attitude. And then, of course, we're taught by by uh, our pastors that we're to be compliant and to obey the government, even though it's an ungodly government of misinterpretations of Romans 13. 
And so we sit around and we watch uh, the world go to hell in a handbasket. We don't stand up and push back at all against the government. And then, of course, as I said, the other side's organized. Hey, Sheila, there's 33,000 Christian denominations in the world, 33,000. Most of them don't even talk to each other, communicate with each other. If we were ever to get together and get on the same page, it's even just a bunch of us would get on the same page. A lot of these battles would turn around and we'd begin to win them. We are losing the battles because, as one of my friends told me a long time ago, the lost people, God-haters, give their money and time to causes. Christians give money to their churches. And I thought, boy, is that is that ever the truth? Nothing wrong with giving money to your church, but if your church isn't engaging in the in the cultural war, man, no wonder we're losing. All the money's being sucked up by the big ministries, focus on the family and family research council. God bless them for all they do, but they're not the boots on the ground type of thing that I think it requires. Look at what's going on with the Antifa. Yeah. Why are they such a headache to everybody, Sheila? It's because they're boots on the ground. We see them out in the streets. Why, why don't we Why don't we Christians understand that, that how, how important it is for us to get out of the streets and show people our faith? And that's the problem is it's just, again, you got a lot of these keyboard commandos and armchair Christians. What did Jesus say himself, Dave? He said, occupy. That denotes some kind of action. And even the book of Acts is actually, it's appropriately named Acts. That's actions. Amen. Amen. And so he said to occupy, that is an active verb, isn't it? That doesn't just mean sit in his chair. <laughs> occupy, man. You know, it's not, not like you say you're at the movies. You say to your wife, hey, occupy my seat, I'll be back. No, no, no. Be active. Occupy. Take dominion. So subdue the earth. It says in the book of Jude to earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend. What does that mean? What does that look like? And uh, for whatever reason, you take the book of Jude and you take the book of Acts, you take those out of the Bible, you really don't have much action going on. And, and uh, for whatever reason, Christians are uh, we're just missing an action and the need to be out on the streets where, uh, where, the, where the devil and his kids are roaming. Wow, Dave, you just said something really profound. Christians are missing in action, pun intended, folks. Boy, oh boy, you just titled the show there. And like I said, I know you're driving. I know you got to go. You got limited time. Folks, I have donated out of my pocket. I'm asking everyone to step up and do what they can to bring hope to a very lost state right now. There's so many people that need to see these good works. And, and, you know, I was just thinking about two scriptures were coming to mind as you were talking, Dave. One is James 2, I think it's 16, and and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's like, oh, go in peace, keep warm, eat well. Oh, you're hungry? Oh, well, eat well. But then you don't give them anything. You don't actually give them what the body needs. What good is that? It's like you said before, faith without works is dead. So, Dave, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I've given personally out of my pocket. I'm asking every single person to do something. We can all do something. The devastation is overwhelming. Maybe you can't get out to help, Dave, but maybe you can pick up your checkbook and you can give something today. Dave, tell the folks how they can support the relief effort. I mean, even even buy some Bibles. You're giving out Bibles down there. You're feeding people. How can folks get behind this effort, Dave? Oh, yeah, we yeah, that's good. We are because, you know, we're in the Bible Belt, right? Down there, this Texas, man. So uh, people lost the Bibles. Uh, we're not forcing Bibles on them. A lot of them are willingly taking the Bibles. Here's our promise, Sheila. We'll spend it. We'll spend every penny that you send our way. We'll spend it all. I promise you we will. But we're not going to spend it on salaries and large hotel rooms and taking our workers out luxurious places to eat, Texas Roadhouse, passing one right now. We're, uh, all of our guys are volunteers, and we're going to take all the money that we have, and we're going to reinvest it in hope. 
We're going to reinvest it in hope in the people who are down here on the ground. They say, Sheila, it's what, five, what did I see? Some unbelievable amount of money, billions and billions of dollars that has been lost down here. And we're not going to raise enough money to restore somebody's life. We're never going to be able to do that. But the scriptures I hope deferred make of a heart sick. So we're going to be out here, boots on the ground, helping people, feeding people, restoring their hope. And they can go to CoachDaveLive.com, CoachDaveLive.com. They can donate there. Uh, we think this is going to be a long-term thing for us, Sheila. Not going to be over in a week, not going to be over in two weeks. And people tend to forget after a while that this tragedy is still happening. It's still going on down there. So those who could make continued donations to us would really, really be a, a, a great help to us. CoachDaveLive.com, folks. There's also a banner up there at WeekendVigilante.com. Now, any plans for Florida as this other one is barreling down on us, Dave? We've already got a group, uh, uh, a guy, uh, Mark Trump, is already leading the contingent over there, waiting to see what's going to happen. Okay. See, this is, isn't this magical, Sheila? Isn't this the way that it's supposed to work? That we have boots on the ground, guys down there ready to go, get a set of, hey, we're coming. Here we come. Find us a place to sleep. Find us a place to take a shower. We're coming. So we got guys who are working on that, but we don't even really know what, you know, what that's going to materialize in and become. Well, I like to warn people of this. God has more disaster than the federal government has relief. And we better get right with the Lord. We better turn from our wicked ways. We better repent, not just continually beg the Lord, like spoiled children, continually beg the Lord to bless us, but rather fall on our face and repent of the 60 million unborn babies we've killed in the debaucherous culture in which we live, this once great Christian nation. Repent, turn back to God, and uh, God will be faithful to restore this land. Amen. Well, that's what the scripture says. And judgment does first start in the house of the Lord, doesn't it? It is. And I tell people, not only, that doesn't, not only doesn't mean church, we're, we're the, I'm the house of the Lord. You're the house of the Lord. Judgment begins first with me. It starts with me and it moves outward. And so each one of us are responsible and accountable to the Lord with the gifts that he's given us. And I would just pray that those out there might be listening to the sound of our voice. Please go to CoachDaveLive.com. You can contact us right there. We'd love to plug you into the battle. It will be one of the most gratifying things you've ever done in your life. And I promise you, it will change and deepen your faith. Absolutely. Well, and Dave, let's face it here. It's one thing to just say, well, I'll be praying for you guys. But come on now. I mean, this is really a situation where it's time to to put your money where your mouth is because prayer is really important. I mean, pr- I wrote a book on prayer. I love prayer. Prayer is powerful. And I get that a lot of people can't go down there. But again, they can get out their checkbooks and they can do something. If you were wiped out right now, boy, you'd appreciate some Christians coming to you, wouldn't you? Well, they can, you know, the old adage, they can pray. But really, she can be honest with you. It's hard to really pray. How do you pray for that? So I'm going to pray for Texas. How does that pray? What do you say? Lord, uh, take care of those people? I mean, what, do, what does that mean? And so what, what they really need is they need some encouragement. They, as Paul said, we need to show them our faith. Now, I know a lot of people can't come. I understand that. I understand that, that I have the ability to, to go because of, you know, my position where I am in life and what I went through. But it's been 17 years building this liberty and freedom to be able to go. So we're asking people just to come on weekends, just come on a Saturday and Sunday to just take a Friday off and come Friday, Saturday and Sunday and be back to work on Monday. I haven't seen it yet, but I saw Hurricane Katrina. I saw the flooding in Louisiana a year ago. I saw the disasters in Moore, Oklahoma. I saw Joplin, Missouri. I'm going to tell you, Sheila, this is probably all of those rolled into one. The death and the destruction and the loss of hope in the hearts of the people down here. 
uh, come on, church, it's a chance for us to make America great again. And it's also a chance for us to make the church great again, Dave. That's it. Donald Trump can't do it. That's Donald right. Trump can't make America get great again. And Christians can make the church great again. By the way, Sheila, Christianity has always been good. It's always been the remnant. But there are many out there need to be awakened and need to uh, actively engage in this battle for souls. Well, give out the website one more time, and I want to see people lighting up that donate button as soon as you hear this. Give it out one more time for the folks, Dave. CoachDaveLive.com. CoachDaveLive.com. And you know, Sheila, what if a thousand people gave 50 bucks? What if a thousand people gave 20 bucks? It adds up quick. Don't think your dollars don't matter because they do. And uh, I've watched on our website, the money comes in. It's 20 and 50 and 20 and 50 and 20 and 50. And the next thing you look around, you got $100,000 to work with. 100000 sounds like a lot of money to drop in the bucket for what we need to be able to do down here. Yeah, absolutely. You are down there. That's right. And thank you, Dave. And we'll have you back on to give us an update in the weeks to come. Thank you for your ministry and everything you do, sir. God bless you. Bless you, Sheila. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Coach. Folks, that was Coach Dave Dobmeyer from past the salt ministries at coach dave live all one word.com go to his website click on that texas flood relief and donate to it now and reach out to dave and let him know you heard him on the program and and, and give him some encouragement because boy i'll tell you what that guy works tirelessly and boy he's not afraid to stand up for the truth i'll tell you that i really admire him and like he says you know we We need more men to step up to the plate. You know, we need men to grow a spine. And, you know, I think I said this the other day on a show, and I'm going to say it again. You know what? The time for being neutral is over. That's right. I've got a newsflash for you Christians. Being neutral isn't cutting it with God. What does Jesus say about lukewarm Christians? I think I said this last week. It's time to get real, roll up our sleeves, get with the program, and be the ambassadors for Jesus Christ that we're called to be. And I know we're not all called to ministry. I get that. But I'll tell you one thing. You can sure affect the people around you, even in your workplaces. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know why I'm placed in this place. God knows. Not always, but usually it's more than just a paycheck too. But you know what? Maybe God gave you that good job so you can support ministries that are making a difference out there, like Coach Dave's. This Texas relief is really important, and I'm asking everyone as a personal favor to me to get behind this. It's really, really that important. And speaking of hurricane devastation, well, like I promised at the beginning, I really want you to join me in prayer. I think that's so important for our friends in Florida. We really want to pray. And I'm going to cover a couple bases because a lot of people are saying, oh, this is man-made. This is God's judgment. This is fill in the blank. But I'll tell you what. Whatever it is, our prayers, they change everything. Don't believe me? Look up James 5. What does James 5.16 say there? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And it is very important that we pray. We don't know what this storm is going to do. Dave is out there in the aftermath. We're going to go in the before math, and that's not even a word, but the pre-hurricane. So if you would, bow your head in prayer. Let us pray together, if you would. Father God, we gather together and we thank you for giving us power 
over all the power of the enemy. Luke 10, 19 tells us that. And the Word of God also says that you, Father, gave us dominion over the fowl of the air, over the fish of the sea, over the cattle and every creeping thing, and over all the earth, as a matter of fact. We exercise dominion now over this approaching weather system in Florida. We bind all damaging winds, damaging hail, damaging lightning, flooding, all damaging results in its wake. We come against the formation of this hurricane even though all these weather prognosticators are are telling us it's going to slam into it and the biggest thing ever we bind those prognosticators in Jesus name and we shut this thing down by the blood of the lamb we bind and break all spirits of death and destruction and father we assign your mighty angels to stand shoulder to shoulder on the people in Florida that no evil can penetrate and father if this is man made then we bind and break the power of every weapon and weapon system being used against us including weaponized weather father god we declare no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment you shall condemn them so right now father we speak neutralization to all geoengineering all harp all man made frequencies energies resonances including scalar and other systems and in fact a reversal to every tactic of the enemy we speak confusion to the enemy's camp and we send out the mighty angels to scramble every weapon system the enemy has in Jesus name we bind all words spoken curses and weather prognostications which is witchcraft in fact we bind the power the spirit of the witch the wizard the warlock the witch doctors we bind all leviathan and water spirits father and python and land spirits father if this is your judgment though because the word says that judgment starts in the house of the lord we repent tonight for our nation we too father we anguish for the souls of the lost tonight that are going to a devil's hell if possible lord we ask to stand in the gap for the iniquity and the vile debauchery and debased immorality in this country lord if it it be your will we ask for mercy and may you grant these apostates time to repent of their wicked ways because it's not your will that any should perish but nonetheless father your will be done and we cover ourselves tonight and our families and our properties with a protective hedge an impenetrable shield by the blood of Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and we give you thanks. Amen and amen. I've got a couple of shows to edit, guys, and then I'm really trying to make it to Branson, so I don't know when my throat's going to be better, but I am taking a few days off and just sticking to total editing. Going to throw a couple of great shows up over the weekend. One is going up tomorrow. That's with Carl Gallup's. You do not want to miss that. And I'm going to ask him about Trump pardoning Joe Arpaio. That's going to be very interesting. Carl is such a great guest and a wonderful show that I did with John Terrell. It's number eight in his Kabbalah series. Might just be the best one ever. He's going to talk about his newest Kabbalah book. It's the little tiny ones. I know a lot of people ordered those seven. Well, this is the icing on the cake. And, and hey, I'll take your prayers for my voice as well. Like I said, sucking in the smoke from forest fires for the last couple months has done me in, despite evacuating a couple times. But anyway, I could sure use your prayers. And, of course, our big website launch is supposed to be Monday. We're, we're trying to fix the media archives right now, working on a few last-minute things. But I'm hoping Monday the website will launch. We'll keep you posted. Make sure that you are signed up for my free e-newsletter. Stay in the loop. I give alerts and bulletins. It's really important that you get on that, especially when my website was down. That's the way that I communicate. And don't forget, go to Power Prayers, the Facebook page. That prayer that I just prayed, I'm going to put it on 
the Power Prayers Facebook page if you want it. It will be there, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Good night, and God bless you.